Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, hope you continue to enjoy the front row because we certainly enjoy bringing it to you. And we bring it to you commercial free courtesy of the Dunlap Champions Club. You've heard us talk about it. It's a great deal. Football season is uh, ticking ever closer. I know the countdowns are going. Uh, they've got a half season ticket package on sale if you want to test drive the champion, the Dunlap Champions Club, which means you get to choose either the Miami or Louisville games and then any two of the remaining four games. Maybe more importantly, before you make that decision, call the boosters, set up an arrangement, go by. If you have been there go by and check it out you're going to be impressed with the facilities and uh, i guarantee you if you go through the tour you're probably going to sign up real quick 850-583-9066 line one to uh, buy your ticket schedule a private tour there's misters going in we know the first uh, couple games are night games so you won't have to deal with the sun you get unlimited soft drinks and food it's a good deal so check out the dunlap champions club and we tip our cap to them now with that said here's the front row Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee. This is The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. It is almost mid-July. We're still... Several days away from the start of football practice, but the ACC kickoff is here as we welcome you to the front row. Tom Block, Keith Jones. KJ. Sir, yes, sir. You and I get to spend some extended time together over the next few days in lovely Charlotte. It begins uh, with a ride up and ends with a ride home and... There's a lot of time in, in between. Keith and I, uh, for the hour we spend conversing on this show, we go several hours and don't even say a word to each other on that uh, long haul back and forth. It depends on who's driving and who had the uh, amount of appropriate amount of sleep or inappropriate amount of sleep the night before. As soon as we can take this show to the prime time, you know, and and really make it a big deal, then maybe the budget will allow for. We'll have a we'll have a driver, either, either a, driver a driver or perhaps we could use that invention uh, that the Wright brothers were involved with and get there that way. You mean a bicycle? I will say a tale from <laughs> last year. True story. You never know what you're going to find on the back roads of Georgia. And last year, upon returning from the ACC kickoff, we went through what Jim Gladden would refer to as a poke and plum town. Poke and plum town. You poke your head out the window, you plumb out of town. Exactly. Thus, that is a Jim Gladden term, poke and plum town. It was not Statesboro, Georgia, but it was... Well, I didn't know you were going down this road, and I, I can't remember what the name of the town it's, was. If you want to Google it, it's whatever town Ray Guy is exactly. from, the punter. Exactly. And I can't think of what it is. But we're stopped at a traffic light, and I look up, and it says Main Street. And then I look at the street that we're on, so the perpendicular street. So we're going north-south. So yeah. you first look up I look and see up and the east-west. I see east-west Main Street, and then I look at the perpendicular road, and it's north-south Main Street. And I thought, that's very confusing. We're on the corner of Main we are, We were at the Maine. corner of Main and Main, <laughs> which is, uh, this show is not anywhere near Main and, and Main at this point. But uh, anyway, uh the commissioner will talk in the morning. A year ago at this time, skeptics everywhere. There's no way there's going to be an ACC network. And he stands up, has the president of ESPN. He introduces the president of ESPN. Who, who we found out was a North Carolina alum. He See, this is, this is what we've got in the corner for the ACC network. We've got Tar Heels in charge here together. But what do you think is going to be the news tomorrow? There can't be anything as big as what there was a year ago. Certainly not as big as it was a year ago. Uh, I, I think 
you know, the big theme that the commissioner is going to talk about in the morning has to do with the continued growth. Chest beating. Chest beating. Across all sports, uh, all avenues, uh, and um, and rightfully so. And, and I think uh, the ACC's got a, quite a bit to be proud of across all lines, not the least of which is the reigning national champion in the Clemson Tigers. And and to be fair, um, you know, it's it's the ACC's time. You got the reigning basketball champs, you got the reigning football champs, you've got some of the Olympic sports and and while the revenue may be lagging a little bit now, uh last time I checked, you're really measured by the scoreboard and right now the ACC's winning on the scoreboard. They are. And the revenue uh, I mean, you're in this five-year window where the SEC has the head start, so you're not going to catch up until you get your network off the ground. There will be, I'm sure, talk about that network and where they are. Several schools are working on the infrastructure to support the network, including Florida State, even though FSU is at a better starting point than most of the universities or institutions in the ACC. There will be the chest beating. There will be probably an aura of Dabo and Clemson being the kings here because they are the reigning kings and national champs. And Jimbo and Florida State had that sort of badge of honor for a couple of years, but everybody seems to be in love with Dabo, and I think we'll have more of that over the next couple of days. I agree. And you've got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner who will be returning for Louisville. You've got a Mark Rick returning to Miami. You've got a lot of buzz about NC State. And, I mean, there's just a lot of positive things being talked about. Uh, in the uh, hallways here at the hotel. So beyond that, we don't expect an earth-shattering announcement. He's not can't imagine what it would be if he does, unless he's going to retire and resign. That that's the next big announcement for Swafford. Barring Notre Dame is all in, which I don't presume is coming anytime soon, or if at all, would be that he's got one year left or he's going to retire. But I don't see any way that's going to happen until the network is off the ground. Well, even, I tell even you, that, if, if we in, walk into that meeting in the morning, that ballroom in the morning. And the president of Notre Dame is standing there. Well, that would, yeah. That you better would. get on Twitter real quick. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But I, I don't know what else the big announcement would be. Can't imagine. Uh, HB2 is no longer casting a shadow over the ACC. And so they're in a better, better shape there in terms of where the, the, the championships will be contested. I think really the storyline is that even though the SEC went first this week with its media days, they're having to play second fiddle and talk about what they have to do to get back to get back to being on top, which that in itself is amazing that that's how quickly the pendulum shifted in the last few years. It really is. And, and then when you talk about who can compete against who, unlike in years past where the ACC only had one team, most notably Clemson, maybe Florida State. This year, Florida State's probably going to enter the preseason ranked ahead of the national champions because of the loss of personnel and you got louisville as i mentioned in there you've got upstart teams coming um you know there there may be a chance where uh, you know there's equal footing in terms of the preseason rankings in terms of what teams go where in the top 10 the preseason rankings for the acc are going to be really really interesting we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later in this program uh, our seminoles.com insider tim linnefelt will be joining us he's flying the uh, uh the friendly skies he's he's not going to be in the back seat you know, in terms of his travel, he gets the he gets. Must the big, be nice to have a budget. He's a he's a big fish. Gene Deckerhoff, the voice of the Knowles, will join us uh, next segment, and we will uh, pick his brain. Uh, how many questions do you think we need to ask Gene to fill a segment? Two. 
two. So I get one and you get one. And we're done. And we'll set the stopwatch and, and then we'll be time to talk to Tim. My man will I just to- take off. I told Tim in advance, I said, by the way, we're having Gene on, so your segment will be about two minutes. <laughs> No, Gene's the best. Look forward to that conversation. I want to point out, uh, I have not been here yet, but I have seen it uh, promoted the last couple of weeks. They uh, And this is important if you have young kids and uh, kids night when you eat out is still applicable. You're past that stage. You ain't got to do that no more, so go ahead and do that dance. <laughs> but uh, down uh, Madison Street, uh, the fine folks at Centrale and Township and Madison Social, every Sunday night, I think it's going to be every Sunday night all summer. It's been the last couple. They basically have a kids' night, 6 to 10 on Sunday. So you go down there. Kids eat free. And if you don't have kids, there's still a deal for you. You get a free app. So go uh, visit uh, the fine supporters of this program and tell them that we sent you. Keith is still doing his dance. There you go. I'll never get tired of it. All right. We'll stop here. We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll fire up the phone lines. We'll figure out uh, what Gene Deckerhoff has been up to since uh, last we heard him. A uh, little sneak preview. He told me that he is already finished, uh, or when I talked to him, he, I think, was finishing up his last depth chart for college football and about to turn to pro football. So that's where he is a month out. Bucks start a month from this week with preseason. There, There is a reason why his license plate reads voice. The Voice is up next right here in the front row. The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back to the front row, moving and grooving on the uh, eve of the ACC kickoff. And really pleased as we go to the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. To say hello to the voice of the Knowles, Gene Deckerhoff. Gino, how are you? Hey, doing great. Uh, countdown begins. Uh, this the big week. Uh, I've been listening to SEC, SEC media days all week and uh, watching them on television. And uh, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. ACC media gets underway uh, tomorrow in Charlotte, and the commissioner's going to give the state of the ACC address about 10 o'clock at the Western Hotel, and you know, he's got some great news. Uh, the ACC's a football conference now, fellas. Well, how, you know, you th- just think about that, and Keith and I talked about this in the first segment, Gene. The SEC has had to spend the week answering the question, how are they going to get back to being the top conference in the country? What a reversal from where we were just a few years ago with how much success the ACC's had of late. Yeah, nine and three in bowl games last year, including that that that, that spectacular win by Florida State over Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Boy, it just seems like yesterday, Tom and Keith, that uh, we were down in, in the Hard Rock Stadium and uh, two wins in Hard Rock in one season. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> Gene, you get ready, uh, and this being your 107th year of doing Florida State yeah, football or whatever it is, uh <laughs> Has it? Does it ever get old? No, uh-uh, no, no. In fact, it's funny. Uh, we, you know, we talk football year round, and I was I was looking at basketball recruits today. Believe it or not, Keith, I'm I'm wrapped up getting ready for uh, college football season. Depth charts are done, uh, matchups are done. Uh, I think I got one more. Uh, I, I got to finish. Uh, 
uh, Delaware State. I, I, I got nothing on Delaware State, but I got something on everybody, everybody else. And, and I said, you know, I, before we get too carried away, let me take a look at those those basketball recruits. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm pumped up about I know we lost some uh, some pretty good basketball players. Uh, obviously, uh, NBA draft players. I see where Xavier Vitae Mays is uh, uh, going to get a tryout with, a, with, I think, with the Knicks or something. Well, Bacon uh, just signed a three-year contract. And, and so, yeah, hey, you, you know, it, it, it's it's – it's never too early to talk hoops, but uh, good golly, what uh, you know? My, my season starts uh, in a month from uh, yesterday, uh, the 11th of August. Tampa Bay plays the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Camp is in three weeks, and uh, uh, good golly, I mean, it's here. It it is here. Here here's the important question, Gene. How many touchdown Florida States are we up to now? We got 1985 touchdown Florida States, 882 touchdown Tampa Bay's. And any of our listeners that aren't aware, and if you are not aware, you need to be shot. Go to GeneDeckerhoff.com, and those counters yeah. are right down at the bottom. Either one of them, <laughs> and you can tell they run. He updates them every week. It's it's a phenomenal phenomenal. A testimony to the longevity of our good friend. 1985, that's, that's a lot of touchdowns. Well, I'll tell you what, and uh, we're not going to talk Bucks here, but uh, I, I think that that Bucks touchdown counter's got a chance to uh, to increase maybe a little bit more frequently than it has in years past with what they got lined up. Yeah, Jameis is having a tremendous start to a career, and I, I think it won't be long he'll be an elite quarterback in the National Football League. You know, you, you, you guys by the name of Favre and Elway and Manning, I mean, those are elite quarterbacks, okay? Unitas, uh, great ones. And uh, uh, Jameis, one day, I think he's going to be up there with that, that same bunch. Gino, game number one, you open with uh, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, it's likely that it will be number one versus number two, which by my account, I can't find where that has ever happened in the opening weekend of the college game. You know, Florida State was wire to wire number one in '99. That was the first time that had ever happened. Yeah. So now, number one versus number two in an opening game. Has there been a bigger first game to open you know, a season? You know, I, I don't think so. And I, I, Keith, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I, I know that I've read that piece of information somewhere uh, within the last couple of weeks, uh, and I can't put my finger on where I read it. But uh, number one versus number two on opening day has never happened, to my knowledge. Uh, a, a little bit of aside, uh, TV ratings, uh, Alabama dominated, of course, the last couple of years. I, I saw a note, and I put it in my, my matchup note, that 125 million people watched Alabama football last year. I mean, on television. That's a big number of people. And uh, you add that to what Florida State uh, draws. I mean, we had, we I'd say, in the top 10 TV program, uh, rated football broadcasts of all time that uh, Florida State would be in about three or four of those. Yeah, I know we were back uh, in the early days, and uh, we, we dominated ESPN. But, uh, yeah, you had uh, to Alabama and Florida State. I would imagine the TV ratings are going to go through the roof for that primetime game. And uh, I'm, I'm told now, I, I visited with some folks uh, that, that – that they, they work in Atlanta at the National Sports Media Association Awards Convention a couple of weeks ago, and the beat writer that covers the Atlanta Falcons said that stadium's going to be ready for the uh, Florida State-Alabama game. And, oh, by the way, it, uh, every ticket sold out, whether it's ready or not. Well, there's a few available, but they're going up for about four digits uh, in the aftermarket, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But, no, no, that, that, Keith, you're right. And how about this? You know, both teams – uh, really get off to good starts. Uh, that 1988 start in Miami, notwithstanding. But uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher, as head coach of Florida State, my son Eric he emailed this note to me: has never scored fewer than 34 points in a season opener. Nick Saban, in his career as a head coach at Alabama, has never scored fewer than 33 points in a season opener. So you add them up, that looks like it's going to be one of those 65, 70 point ball games. But oh, by the way, how many points did their opponents get in those season openers? We'll find out. 
Well, if I'm doing the math correctly, you like FSU 34 33. Yeah, that sounds that, a lot like that, the that, Orange Bowl that, that just came off. That Orange Bowl sport, doesn't it? <laughs> what are you most excited about with this year's team, Gene? Well, I'm excited, one, about the development of DeAndre Francois at quarterback. I think, uh, uh, you know, you look back, and we sort of take quarterbacking for granted at Florida State, but the job that he did last year as a, as a redshirt freshman, I mean, it. You, you, you can't compare him to Jameis because there's there's never going to be a quarterback like Jameis. But I'll tell you what, he came close. He passed for more yards as a as, as any freshman in college football last year, thirty three fifty, and 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 his touchdowns to interception ratio was outstanding. And when you consider that he was the most sacked quarterback in college football last year, and still kept kept on ticking and, and coming out, what he missed three series or two series, I think, in the Miami game. Uh, came back and threw uh, what proved to be the winning touchdown, although it took a block point after touchdown to, to secure that victory, 2019. But I think the development of DeAndre Francois, from what I saw in, in, in spring practice, the development of quarterbacks is 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 that's Jimbo Fisher's forte. I mean, his his forte. Some say forte in the South. You say forte, Keith, down in Wildwood, and I, I'm told that the pronunciation is fort. But nobody develops quarterbacks in college football. I don't even throw an NFL football better than Jimbo Fisher. And uh, he has developed a tremendous talent in DeAndre Francois. Uh, we lose Dalvin Cook. I'm excited to see these running backs. You know, I, I look at the Alabama depth chart. they got five five-star running backs. That's one through five, including uh, Najee Harris that's coming in this year as a true freshman. And, 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 and Jimbo and his staff have recruited five- and four-star running backs. I I can't wait to see uh, how, how Jacquez Patrick plays when he is the number one guy. Give the ball to the biggest running back we have uh, on the roster and see what he can do. And then you got those youngsters coming on behind. Don't forget Ryan Green. Uh, he, he can do it all, catch the ball, run the ball, and uh, set uh, you know Bay County, the Tampa Bay area records for running backs coming out of high school, a five-star recruit, four-star recruit coming out of high school. And, and then you got uh, you know Cam Akers. I mean, what I saw in, in preseason, uh, in spring, and what I saw in the spring game, Cam Akers is the real deal. He's a five-star. And, uh, the, the, you know, I, I think man for man, Florida State could match Alabama running back. I mean, people will say, well, hey, what's this guy talking about? You know, they got five-star, five-star, five-star. But uh, this, 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 this running back core at Florida State that has really developed into a strength of this football team. We've got 18 offensive linemen on scholarship, and uh, uh, Coach Trickett will find uh, five that can play football at a championship level. I promise you that. Gene, are we putting too much hype on Derwin James, or is he worth everything we're saying about? Well, you know, it, it, here's the thing: he's coming off an injury, but you know what? I watched him in the scrimmages during during spring, and I watched him at practice. I saw him in the spring. You know, it, it, here he hasn't missed a beat, and then and, and, and you know, he's getting a lot of publicity. He'll be he hey, we're going to have a chance to visit with Derwin in Charlotte, North Carolina, beginning Thursday. He, he and DeAndre Francois, the two representatives that will join Jimbo Fisher and meet the media. In Charlotte, North Carolina, I don't think so. I, this, this is a guy that's got—he's got more talent than, than anybody probably on that football team. He's coming off a knee injury, but Keith, I'm not a doctor, and a knee injury is a knee injury, but it was not the most severe kind of knee energy and, and, and nothing's uh, I don't think a, 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 an injury of any kind is going to take the confidence away from Derwin James go back two years Keith 91 tackles as a true freshman true freshman and he didn't right. he, and he didn't well he didn't start the first three or four ball games uh, almost led us in sacks that year I mean the guy can do it all and so uh, I, I'm excited to see Derwin you know I haven't talked about defense but uh, Derwin James that, that's secondary at Florida State 
I mean, uh, you match that up with Alabama's secondary. They're both really, really good. Tavares McFadden led the nation last year in interceptions. I think he can have another another season like that. You, you, you got the, the return of Nate Andrews coming back healthy. I mean, this this is a loaded secondary. And, uh, hey, it, it, Florida State's the real deal on both sides of the football. And I honestly think, I, I think Jimbo's excited with his kickers. Uh, I, 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 I think he, he saw development and improvement in the punting game. I think he saw improvement in the, uh, in the field goal game. And uh, uh, this, is a, this is a very good Florida State football team, and that's why people are buying tickets to go to see him play Alabama in Atlanta, Georgia, willing to pay an awful lot of money. The, the superstar so. I don't think we know enough about, if he stays healthy in my, in my mind, the superstar we don't know enough about yet is one uh, naughty. I think he's poised Derek to have, have well, an yeah, outstanding. Yeah, Derek, Derek Noddy is the anchor of the defensive line, and you know he could have gone pro. He probably went a two or three round selection, but he came back. Uh, I was told during spring last fall that uh, his family was was adamant that they wanted their son to, to to graduate from college, be the first in his family to do so. As I understand the story. And uh, to be honest with you, I was shocked that uh, Derek Noddy said he was going to come back and play football for FSU because he could have played in the National Football League this year. But Derek Noddy is the anchor of that defense. And, uh, you know, Odell Higgins is just, uh, he's got to be grinning ear to ear. He has got some tremendous talent. And, and you know, you got a, you got a great one coming in uh, for Marvin Wilson, a five-star defensive lineman coming in. Uh, he he may push for playing time against some of those veterans. But Derek Noddy and Demarcus Christmas side-by-side, side, that defensive front, those, those tackles are outstanding and i'll tell you what a guy, a guy that sort of jumped out at me and he was really getting uh, he, he he really was getting coached up by, by the coaching staff is uh joshua kando and uh, kando is a freshman but he might make some noise but just think just think of what uh, what brian burns was able to do last year as a defensive end he came in in primary primary pass passing situations but uh, a, a, a tremendous terror nine and a half sacks by a true freshman, I mean, uh, he's only going to get better. But this Kando guy reminds me an awful lot of uh, what I saw in Brian Burns as a true freshman a year ago. And then everybody forgets about Jacob Pugh, Keith. But Jacob Pugh, he just puts on his he puts on his helmet, straps up that helmet, and goes out there and just makes splash play after splash play. The uh, the the front four of the Florida State Seminoles is solid, and 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 with Derwin James as a factor in there, Keith, you know. They're going to be able to run a three-four a three, kind of defense, a four-three defense. Maybe uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised that uh, they come up. Uh, Charles Kelly will come up with a scheme to have two defensive linemen, a few extra linebackers, and put Derwin James anywhere on the field. No, oh, they'll walk. They'll walk James up. He'll be at the line of scrimmage quite a bit. And, and, yeah. and you know, uh, how about this? Uh, coming out of, coming out of high school, uh, maybe maybe the best recruit we got in his class was a linebacker by the name of Matthew Thomas. That arguably had some problems. Uh, did not play basically for a couple of years, and then last year moved into the starting lineup and uh, had a breakout game, a breakout game against a very good Michigan football. Hey, you get 15 tackles against Michigan. I mean, that's that, that's doing something. You're not playing chopped liver. You're not playing the sisters of the poor. And he had 15 tackles of that game. He was all over the field. If he plays at that level, the linebacking situation is absolutely a, a very big plus for the Seminoles this year. I'm I, 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 this is a good football team. I can't wait to tow his leather, fellas. <laughs> I knew we'd get one of those in there. <laughs> hey, Gene, we've both known you a long time but and, and had conversations about everything under the sun. I don't know that I've ever asked you about who were your uh, broadcasting influences when you were growing up. Who did you listen to on the radio? Well, Rick Weaver uh, broadcast the Miami Dolphins, and, and obviously Rick uh, – 
uh, I was in Bradenton, Florida, and I had uh, just getting started doing football broadcasts. I had done basketball, but I had not, not, not done football. And that 19, I think it was seven, this, uh, the 72 season, they went, they went undefeated. The only team to do so in the history of the National Football League. And I listened to Rick. I probably listened to Rick every Sunday. And uh, not all games were on television. I remember I went, I went fishing in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, uh, Spanish mackerel were biting like crazy. And I went out fishing and I listened to one of the playoff games and listened to Rick uh, do that game. But uh, I would say that was the influence. Of course, you know, I grew up in Jacksonville and you heard, you heard Otis Boggs, a uh, Florida Gator voice. And so I heard Otis do an awful lot of football games and, and he, he's in the, in the uh, Florida sports hall of fame, by the way. And uh, uh, I worked, I had the distinct privilege and, and, and a great opportunity to work with a fellow named Bo Mitchell, who was the, the voice of the Florida state Seminoles for nine years. He happened to own radio stations. He's probably the wealthiest play-by-play announcer Florida State's ever had on the payroll. <laughs> he donated his talent to the uh, University Alumni Association, and he paid his own expenses. And uh, Bo Mitchell for nine years, I, I, I broadcast game. I, I worked the board, as they say, when Bo Mitchell was broadcasting Florida State football games. So uh, uh, those would be the three influences that, that that I would say. And then as far as television announcers, you know, Keith Jackson, you, you always had to – Nobody could ever imitate Keith Jackson, nor would you want to try to try to imitate him. You know, he's he's one of a kind, and, and you know, uh, it, 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 I I wish that I had had a chance to listen to Vin Scully do more baseball games, because he's absolutely the best that's ever been at doing doing the game of baseball, probably any sport to be honest with you. But uh, uh, he he broadcast games until he was like eighty nine years old, eighty eight years old, and. Uh, uh, just just in, in, in longevity, he, he's got to be a hero of everybody that wants to do play-by-play announcing. Yeah, well, this is the first year he's not doing the Dodgers, and he's been doing them uh, prior to this year since yeah. they were in Brooklyn. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 60-some years, I think, Tom. Yeah, did, yeah, it's, uh, it's remarkable. The Dodgers, yeah. But hey. uh, those, those, I would say Rick Weaver more than anything. I used to hit one of his questions was horse-collared. And I remember if I listen back to tapes from 1979, 1980, 81, I use that term an awful lot. Now it's a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> when they call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you're talking about the uh, Auburn-Florida State. Yeah, yeah, but we, we don't have to relive that it. That still we, was a horse collar. That still God, was they, a horse collar. Call. Hey, well, Gene, I, I, final thought from you on this. You know, the media landscape has changed significantly since you got into it. I mean, we got Twitter and Facebook and social media and uh, you know, the newspaper industry uh, certainly has turned around. But but the medium of radio and listening to a game on a radio, uh, despite all the improvements in TV screens and resolution and cameras and all that, nothing beats listening to a game on the radio. I, I would think doing what you do, that you, you would have as, as good an appreciation or as strong as an appreciation for that as anybody. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy radio play-by-play. You know, I, I'm one of the biggest fans of, of football play-by-play on radio is Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden said he listened to football games when he was growing up in Birmingham, Alabama. Remember, he was sick for a year. He could not play athletics. and uh, In fact, he was bedridden for more, more than half a year. And uh, he, he listened to every Notre Dame football game. He could tell you the starting lineup for Notre Dame. And he said and he, he, he always, in, in a, a compliment uh, to uh, one of my sidekicks on, on the Buccaneers, uh, Scott Brantley, uh, when Scott, Scott and I worked together uh, uh, for about five, six years with, uh, on the Buccaneer Radio Network, Bobby used to listen to the, uh, when he'd be driving to, the, to his office to look at film and, 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 or coming home from looking at film, getting ready for the next week's football game, would always listen. And he said, he said you work with Scott Bradley? Oh, Jay? I said, yes, sir. He says, uh, he says uh, I want you to tell him that uh, he was the best high school football player I ever tried to recruit. 
He said, I never saw a better kid on a Friday night play football than Scotty. So I had to tell Scotty that, you know, and uh, Scotty bowed up his chest and everything. He's a pretty proud guy. But uh, Bobby listens to a lot of radio play-by-play, and uh, uh, he still listens to us. I, God bless Coach Bowden. Gino, uh, God bless you. We'll uh, have a good time in Charlotte. Yeah. We'll have a good time uh, calling another year of Florida State football this season. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of folks are excited to listen to you again. Thanks yeah, for taking a few minutes to join us. Can't wait until hits leather. It'll be September the 2nd. We'll be in that new dome in uh, Atlanta. And Knowles uh, are going to win that football game, fellas. It's going to be a great year. Have, have you have you put together the scene setter for that one yet? No, are we gonna fla- what, Are we going to flash back to the Alabama game in the 60s, or where are we going on that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they own, they own a two one one series record, you know, and whether the, the tie was in Birmingham, Alabama, Bear Bryant couldn't believe that uh, his football team was uh, could not beat that little Florida State team from Tallahassee, Florida. Then uh, I guess Jimbo, in his first year's offensive coordinator, Florida State coach Bobby Bowden, that matchup uh, that, that we played in in, in uh, uh, Jacksonville, it was your like hometown, your hometown, year. and that was our win, and they got two wins, including a win against Daryl Daryl Mudra and Daryl. Daryl lives in Wakulla County now in Crawfordville and uh, probably fishing as we speak because uh, the fish are biting this time of day. And uh, D- Daryl Mudra had the game in his hand and made what a lot of folks were going to point to is that was, a, that was a bad decision by the coach. But if you look at it, he had a chance to beat Alabama, decided, hey, I better, I, I'm going to go ahead and take a, I'm going to go ahead and take a safety and then punt the ball. And he got an awful punt out of the thing. Alabama had a short field and, 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 and scored the winning points as time was about to expire, we'd have beaten Alabama that year. We'd, we'd have a 2-1-1 one, one record, but we don't. They have a 2-1-1 one, one record, and uh, on September the 3rd, it'll be 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. I like the way you think, and uh, you may not have written that, that scene setter yet, but uh, it sounds like you got the facts uh, in order to well, go Well, if ahead. you recorded that, just send it to me as an MP3 file. We'll do that. To IMG and we'll get it going. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> All right, Gina, we'll, we'll enjoy some time together in Charlotte. <laughs> Have a good one. Go Knowles. Thank you, Jay. You know, normally when we do interviews, about every third question, I reset who's on the line. But you really don't, you don't need have to, to. He, His voice, voice is so distinctive. All right. We'll react to uh, what, uh, what Gino had to say when we continue on the front row. Front Row is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at 580-1200 or online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Back on the front row, I've got to catch my breath just listening to Gene go. He, he is the best. Appreciate him uh, spending a few minutes with us. We won't go down memory lane and share Deckerhoff stories because you and I could both do it and fill up a lot of front rows. But, you know, one thing he talked about there, he has his depth charts done for all of college football season. And I think it gets overlooked just how much preparation he does. He, he I mean, having worked in the booth with him for years Nobody is more prepared than Gene when he shows up to do a broadcast. Well, I was going to say there's three things that I, when I have the opportunity to talk and people ask me what's it like working with Deckerhoff. Well, number one, I played in the first Florida State football game he ever did in 1979. Uh, The first FSU event I ever did was with Gene, the 1985 Gator Bowl on radio. And I've now done more live broadcasts with Deckerhoff than any of his partners, professional, collegiate, football, basketball, or Because how many seasons of hoops have you done? I've done 17 with him now. 
times 30 games a year. Yep. So that's up there. And what I will tell you uh, about Gene has my fondness and my respect for Gene is immense as a broadcaster, but pales in comparison to my respect and admiration for him as a person. When you delve into his uh, demeanor, his work ethic, his family, the importance. I mean, he he, he would only do a nighttime interview with us because we're up in Charlotte. He wouldn't do this normally. He yeah. It's just not, he, that's, he just won't do it. And to, to talk to him about world events, about politics, about religion, about uh, anything, he's well-rounded, he's well-read, he's well-versed, he's not one-dimensional. And Coach Bowden probably gave him the biggest compliment, which I would echo, and I think you would agree as well. You've never heard Gene Deckerhoff say a negative thing about a single person in his life. He is always supportive, positive, and up, upbeat. Well, that shows in his play-by-play from the standpoint that you could tune into a game. I hate to bring up the Louisville game, but you could have tuned in in the third or fourth quarter last year. and I'm Other the than the score. <laughs> you would not Because you know. and I were both – well, you were on the field. I was in the booth. You I would, recall You would it. not know – just based on listening to a player to describe who's winning or losing, uh, so his enthusiasm remains, which which is tremendous. Um, but he just does tremendous prep, and I lost the other the other point. Oh, I know what it was. This is why you know Gene so well. Little known fact here, but when you travel with men's basketball, and this has changed now because they've changed who they charter with, and the planes have changed, but. But for 16 of your years, you and Gene... 13 A and B. Seats 13 A and 13 B on the 50-seat regional jets. And if you're familiar, there's not a 13 C and D because that is... That's the, that's the latrine. That is the latrine. So that's how much quality time they have spent together on the road. All those flights back from wherever your basketball oh, team's been playing. Oh, uh, All right. Anyway... Uh, it's ACC kickoff week, and we'll get back to, to business with our Seminoles.com insider next segment. But you know that football is coming because it's been watch list week. I oh, my goodness. paid attention, but, you know, there's a watch list for everything. Pretty How long until we have an, a trophy for the long snapper of the year award? I mean, we've got every position out there. We might as well just go ahead and name one for the long snapper, right? I guess. I guess. I, how about water boy and who picks up the tea after kickoffs i don't know i mean uh, alec Eberly's on the remington list that uh, that came out for the top center maven saunders is on the uh, good works team uh the most impressive thing and this is where the optimism comes through for for florida state is that there's four different guys that are on the watch list for the Bedneric, which tells you how much talent there is on that team when you look at it but derwin's on that list Derek naughty uh mcfadden uh, and also Matthew Thomas. I mean, I think which speaks to why there's such excitement about this defense this year. Is there a guy in the last 10 years that you're rooting for more than Matthew Thomas, who's, who, as Gene mentioned, uh, came with such high notoriety, had some issues, some problems, many of his own making. He did have some injuries, but he had some attitude and, and work ethic issues. And uh, if there's a guy that's poised to have a remarkable senior year or last year, it might be him. Yeah, certainly pulling for him. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who've had that come-from-nothing chance to, to turn in. Devontae Freeman is one of those guys. Now, he didn't have the issues at Florida State that Matthews had, per se. But, I mean, Devontae, a, a well, a very likable guy that's that's having great success there. Um, I'm looking at a laundry list of things here. I don't know if I want to get into this right now or if we just want to get to our Seminoles.com insider. What do you think? I guess I, what I what I do need to do, I, I should mention this real quick. 
Uh, if you're not aware, the uh, Florida State uh, Seminoles will hold the annual uh, their annual Lift for Life event uh, this coming Tuesday. That's at five o'clock. It's uh, it's in the Dunlap uh, indoor practice facility. It's open to the public. You're probably familiar with this if you're listening to uh, this particular show. But uh, ultimately, what they're raising dollars for is Fanconi anemia. Uh, they've done it the last few years. Alec Eberle, I just mentioned his name, is the, is sort of the team captain that that heads it up through uplifting athletes. Happily so, started that, didn't he? The tight end, Kevin Happily started it. Yep. And uh, the torch got passed to uh, to Alec Eberle. But that is this coming Tuesday. Uh, and you can find out more information if you just did a simple Google search and logged on. But it's 5 o'clock Tuesday at the IPF. Uh, probably Tim Linnefeld could fill in some blanks for us, too. We will talk with Tim when we continue here on the front row. The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on the Front Row and back to the Earl Bacon Agency hotline as we say hello to our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefeld. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? Good. You missed Gene earlier in the show. I asked him what the uh, touchdown Florida State count was up to, and without I, I couldn't even spit out the question. He said 1985. So oh, okay. 1,985 touchdown Florida States. How many more are going to be added to that total against Alabama? I'd say either going to be two or three. I'm kind of leaning towards three, but I could see two. Okay, and how many on the Alabama side of the ledger? I'm just starting right with the meat of the... How, how many touchdown Alabama? Well, I mean, if, if you're leaning towards three, is, is, uh-huh. you know, is Alabama going to kick eight field goals and win? Are they going to score nine touchdowns? or is uh, it... I, would, I also think Alabama is somewhere in the two to three range. How's that? All right. All right. It'll be a close game. We'll let you we'll let you wiggle out of this one for right now. Hey, hey it's only July, guys. Come on. Here, here's a real question. When, you know, uh, the commissioner, first of all, and Keith and I, couldn't really come up with anything we talked about in the first segment, but the commissioner is going to give his state of the ACC address tomorrow, which um, is actually much more significant than what it's been probably for a lot of years. But you think anything groundbreaking is going to come out of this? Are we are we bracing for any real news, or is it just going to be a lot of chest beating and uh, singing the praises of the conference? I, I don't think there's going to be anything super significant. Yeah, I, I, I expect there to be a little bit of chest beating, but you know, as I was kind of going through. Some of the stuff I was writing for the the ACC kickoff preview, you know, the the conference has a little bit to beat its chest about when you think about it. I mean, it's got the defending national champion, uh, the defending Heisman winner, both in conference, and then also uh, uh, Florida State, who is a team that's you know one of the premier programs uh, in in the country and one of the I don't know favorite for the college football playoffs, but certainly one of the teams that can be considered for it. So uh, there's a lot of good things going on in, in ACC football right now, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if John Swafford had a smile on his face when he gives his uh, his state of the conference. The only thing we could come up with, Tim, that might outdo last year, remember we walked in and there's the president of ESPN, and then they made the announcement about the ACC network, is if I walk in and the president of Notre Dame is there in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's that would, uh, yeah, that that would really be something. They might announce a new iPhone right after that too, if they, if he's there. We're gonna we're gonna go with a surprise announcement. Or one thing I, I I do think you know he might be asked if if his stance you know given all the uh, the change and upheaval at ESPN over the last few months. I know they've addressed that before, but he hasn't really addressed it at at length. Uh, and maybe 
provide some clarity and, and also just some reassurance about the ACC network. I, I would expect that maybe to be on the agenda. But otherwise, uh, it doesn't seem like there's anything uh, too too pressing or obvious on the agenda. Well, the real reason we know that the ACC is on top is because, uh, you know, the two biggest scandals in, in college sports, you've got uh, North Carolina and, and Louisville. And Louisville. Patino. So, I mean, if you're making the headlines for that, you must be doing something right as a conference, right? I guess I left Ole Miss out of that. They're, they're sort of in the top three right now, too. Uh, you don't have to comment on that, Tim. That's right. That was just an aside. Um, one thing that came out the last uh, week or so, and I didn't even realize CBS Sports did this, and I imagine it didn't sit very well in Gainesville, as they came off their baseball national title. But CBS Sports sort of did its own mini Learfield Cup, uh, uh, 25% of the Learfield Cup, really, because they factored in five sports. I think it's the big three and then two wildcard sports. But bottom line, they ranked FSU as having, having had the best sports or athletic season last year which uh, you know we talk a lot about how good fsu is across the board but when a, a national entity like that goes ahead and ranks it and puts a number one next to you uh, i'm sure the folks in the moore center were pretty pleased with that oh you, you, you're kidding absolutely and it's like you said tom it speaks to florida state's consistency across the board in all its sports and you know the thing that's kind of interesting about that is that the florida state didn't have a national title uh, over the last year, and, and Florida obviously did. They had a, had a, I think three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you want to win national titles, and you want to, you know, you, you want to have them every year if you can help it. But the fact that Florida State was able to score as highly as it did without getting the scoring boost that a national title provided, and then that was kind of broken down in uh, in CBS's uh, you know criteria. If you go and read the article, the fact that FSU was able to score so highly despite not winning a national championship. Uh, to, to me, just speaks like we said, just to how consistently great all the programs were. Uh, really, this year, uh, especially everybody making the NCAA tournament, a few programs making some deep runs, uh, that they were able to to still have that number one national ranking really says a lot. Keith, you want to jump in, or you uh, want me to continue to monopolize? Because I've got a whole list here, but I, I don't I, want to step on your toes. I was just going to compliment Tim on the article on Seminoles dot com that outlaid that story because that's where I got my information from. It was very well written, researched, and very well presented. Thanks, Keith. Checks in the mail. Here's something that speaks to that success because it's not very often that on the eve of uh, the commissioner's state of uh, the ACC address at the ACC kickoff. We would bring up summer league basketball in the NBA, but I'm going to do that because Jonathan Isaac played well before they shut him down, just precautionary. Uh, XRM got an invite to Nick's training camp, which I know you had an article about that on Seminoles.com. And, uh, and maybe the thing I was most pleased to see, given that he was a second-round pick, was that Dwayne Bacon signed a contract and got two years guaranteed, and they didn't release terms, but you have to think that's probably at least 2 or $3 million that he got guaranteed. Uh, so things are going well for, for some of Leonard Hamilton's former players. Oh yeah, no kidding. And I'm glad you brought up Dwayne Bacon. Uh, you know, could, if you're the the, uh, the Hornets, could you be any happier with with the way that's working out and the way he's performed early on? I mean, he is a guy that I think most people expected was, was certainly a first round talent. Uh, you know, throughout his career, and especially when he, you know, when as, as a high school player, people thought he could be a potential first rounder. And so you always knew that ability was there. And here he is, seemingly now. Granted, it's early, and he has a long way to go. But I mean, you know, if he can put it together, and the Hornets obviously think that he can. Uh, that's a, could be a, a potential, you know, a really big steal for them. So, uh, yeah, good on him. You know, definitely glad to see that. Uh, and also cool for Xavier Tam Mays to, to, you know, get a shot with the Knicks and extend his uh, his hopes of playing in the NBA. Uh, he's another guy, you know, you think if, if he could just, 
you know, just sort of find a, a role, carve out a place for himself. That's something that Leonard Hamilton preaches a lot, the idea of, of finding something you can do really well and making yourself, into, you know, sort of indispensable. Uh, then, you know, who knows what, you know, where the future might lead for him. Um, and I think you saw his commitment to that over his, the last season with, uh, with his defense and what a great defender he ended up being, one of the better in the ACC. Uh, and, and so, you know, if he kind of sticks to that plan and, and you know, commits himself to being a, a relentless defender, uh, that can make you an attractive player and, and can you know, sort of be a, a tiebreaker between you and other players who are fighting to make their roster. And belabor in that point one more time, how about some uh, love for our old guys? Al Thornton playing on that new three-on-three league, which is going to be in the Olympics. The NBA has got it becoming. Uh, Al is 108 years old in basketball years, and yet he's <laughs> thriving in that three-on-three competition. Yeah, as I say, it's cool stuff. Like you said, it's uh, it's been a pretty good year for uh, for Florida State basketball programs, and, and you know, uh, if, if anybody, I'll, I'll, you know, really Florida State coaches, all of them are pretty good about it. But uh, Leonard Hamilton and Stan Jones, their staff, are uh, are among the best when it comes to keeping up with former players and helping guide them and finding opportunities for those guys and sort of, you know, pulling some strings to keep them involved in basketball. If that's what they want to do. Those guys have always been really good about that. You know, going back to a guy like Al Thornton, who it's been more than a decade since he played at Florida State, and the fact that you know the UD is still involved, and, and I don't know what role, to what you know, to what role Leonard Hamilton or Stan or any of those guys had with Al Thornton, but I know they're still in contact with him, and you know that that just kind of to me is kind of a cool aspect of that program. Let's bring it back to football here in the final couple minutes. Uh, back to ACC specifically. After uh, I inquire, were, were you on the Dion Sanders primetime tour that he took as he revisited uh, FSU these these past few days? I actually was not, unfortunately. Okay, I wasn't sure if primetime check. You know, primetime, had Seminoles.com existed in the 1987-1988 era when primetime invented that persona, uh, you could have gotten some mileage Could you that. imagine him on, <laughs> on Twitter? How good would he have been on Twitter if that was invented during his senior year? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a nightmare if you're a coach. But, yeah, it would have been <laughs> yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah, or for sports <laughs> info, yeah. He's... I tell you this about Dion, and I say this, 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 this I say this as a compliment. Uh, he's a, he's as elusive now uh, as he was with the ball in his hands. You know, you you, uh, you hear about it after the fact. Oh, Dion was here. Oh, really? Yeah, he's gone. He's been gone for hours. What? <laughs> you yeah. Know? He, uh, he he comes in and he he's kind of like that that through. FBI undercover guy we've been reading about the last couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's in and out of town. Hey, here's here's the thing I'm interested in at ACC kickoff, Tim. Who is going to be the media's pick? to win the Atlantic, and to win the conference? Okay, to win the Atlantic? Gosh, oh, man, I don't know. That, it's the, the, uh, I, think, I, mean, I think it's going to be Florida State. I really do. Uh, but I think it could be close. I think Clemson's going to get a lot of respect for being the defending national champion. And, and I think Louisville's going to get a lot of respect for having Lamar Jackson. But I do think, and we, which makes it kind of remarkable, again, to take back to what we were talking about earlier, that you have the defending national champion and the reigning Heisman winner, uh, and Florida State all in the same division, and those two teams might be finished, and I think they will be picked to finish second and third in some particular order behind Florida State. I do think Florida State, given what it has coming back and sort of the buzz around the program right now, uh, uh, is going to be picked to win the Atlantic and also the conference. And, it, again, I think that's remarkable given the other teams in the, in the division, uh, particularly Clemson, but, uh, but I think that's kind of the reality. Long word, four syllables, starts with an R. Realignment. I, you know, yeah. That could be that could be a good uh, good piece of news for for the commissioner, right? Well, but I don't, apparently that hasn't been talked about in recent years. I do think that they should readdress that, uh, and maybe in coming years we'll we'll get there. Uh, so, what do, you, what do you think? Am I wrong? Am I off base on that? With, with thinking Florida State's going to be picked to win the league? Because I do think so. 
I, I personally think that they they should be. Uh, I don't know, and I think the the respect that Clemson has justifiably earned may give them the nod. You know, when people actually cast those votes, but uh, my vote will be for Florida State. It's just so easy, and I was doing this uh, yesterday. It's so easy to to look back at, at everything that they lost and the key players they lost. I mean, obviously the two first round picks, but they they lost seven draft picks from last year's team, and I know. That, uh, that that Clemson recruits really well, but I could almost see them being in for uh, a year similar to the one that the Florida State had uh, following the 2014 playoff run, where they're, where they're a good team, uh, but maybe lose some close games, and, and you can just tell that they're just not quite there. Well, and the biggest and issue probably, is you've got to break in a new quarterback. Yeah, to me, that's right. what the voting will go. So if you eliminate Clemson there, and then you look at FSU and, and Louisville, and even if you give Louisville the edge, you look at the rest of the parts and say, well, Florida State defensively is going to be so good. I, I think you're probably right, but I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to be mayhem again on the coastal side, though I think Miami has gotten such attention that they probably will be the pick on the coastal side again. I think so, too. I think so, too. All right, Tim. And, and we can kind of laugh at it, I guess, if you want. But, uh, but I mean, you know, I think there is, as much as there could be an obvious choice to win the Coastal, and I'm not certain there's been an, uh, an obvious choice to win the Coastal since there's been a Coastal, uh, but if there is one, it'd probably be Miami this year. Time will tell. History does not indicate that it will be the Canes, however. Keep no, no, you'd be bucking a pretty long streak. You'd be bucking point. a long streak there. All right, Tim, we'll enjoy uh, getting together while we're in Charlotte. Thanks, as always. You got it, guys. Thank you. Our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt. And we will uh, put the wraps on the ACC kickoff edition of the Front Row right after this. We don't need no education. The Front Row is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at 580-1200 or online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. You know, talking about Miami, and we'll see how the picks shake out, uh, and obviously we'll have a lot to react to next week, Keith. I, I was looking at this, Florida State's obviously had the uh, upper hand in this series for a while it's 31 30 miami do you know that florida state has never in the history of the series had a series lead over miami was not aware of that i I was looking at this and it has not been tied since like the early 70s so if fsu wins the third week of the season it'll be tied for the first time since like 1973 and should Miami win the Coastal and FSU win the Atlantic? Finally, we'll have the and championship FSU game. Make it a twofer. We'll have the championship game we were supposed to have. We'll be one game away from the Platinum Bohica that Jeff Cameron likes to talk about. And FSU would have the series lead if it unfolds that way. There you go. You just heard it as we came back to break, but I will remind you that uh, if you have a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished, uh, go see Ron and his staff and uh, take care of all your needs. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue, 3269 Crawfordville Highway, 580-1200 is the number. Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Again, I hate going in that store. I spend 30 minutes looking around. They have more gadgets. Next week, really what we should do when we drive back from Charlotte, Keith, is just record the next six weeks' worth of front rows, and then we wouldn't have to see each other on Wednesdays. I mean, we've got a lot of time to kill, and there's well, nothing to talk about because nobody will have been on the field yet. So. And we can put in anything interesting in the small towns that we went through, like two main streets, yes. one going north-south, one going east-west. Yes, that actually happened. Maybe we could do a monologue on the statues at the courthouse. We'll try and see how it works out. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you again next week, everybody.